Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Do you hear the cheers? I do. Coming from the stadium around us. That's right. The lights going off, the fireworks, the smell of sweat and beer and, I don't know. Oil? Oil. <laughs> the things that not, make... not motor oil, no. of course. You know, mus- muscly oil. Uh, it is that time of year. Uh, we generally don't talk a whole lot about this particular topic. It's it's one of my favorites, but it's not one of our common commonalities, and it really doesn't you know intersect a whole lot in terms of talking about comic books and films. But once a year, right around the beginning of the year, is my favorite wrestling extravaganza that is put on. It's called the Royal Rumble. I've watched every single one of them that's ever been out. I've overanalyzed each and every one of them. <laughs> and it's just, it's a joy every year to watch. Uh, this year's was in Florida, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That's right? correct. It was at the Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg. This was, Yeah, that's where the uh, Rays play. Uh, what sport is that? Uh Base, a baseball. <laughs> Sorry, I knew that. I was just just having me some funds. Um, this will be the thirty seventh or potentially thirty eighth, depending upon how you look at it, because there has been the traditional Royal Rumble that's Rundle, Royal Rumble that's been happening for many many years. But there was also one called the Greatest Royal Rumble. Some people count it, some people don't. I do because if you're going to name it the Royal Rumble, it's a Royal Rumble. <laughs> makes sense to me just you know it is what it is so every year for those of you not completely familiar with the concept but at this, i don't see who couldn't be at this point it's fairly simple it's sports entertainment wrestling you know uh, already planned out storylines with people acting and actually uh to a certain extent beating the snot out of each other but specifically the royal rumble was a gimmick where everybody would get all in one one ring, and whoever was the last man standing basically would get a shot at the title. Now, as times have changed, instead of everyone being in at the same time, they started very quickly realizing that was chaos, and they needed to add people one at a time after different increments. Now, that's also changed over the years. Um, they've added the women's side to things more recently uh, in the last 10 years. So... It's uh, it's a very long broadcast if you've never seen it before. It doesn't sound like it will be like this. This year, essentially, was the women's rumble, the men's rumble, and two other matches. It still went Something for four hours. To warm up the, warm up the crowd, right, to get those <laughs> other matches in there. Now, um, in the past, uh, there were, when you did the old school Royal Rumbles, and everybody got in there at the same time. There was there there had to be just because a limitation on the amount of people, right? Just because you can't have correct all those people, they just won't fit. Well, that was really only the first one that they did that, and they learned their lesson quick. But what what it being spaced out like that means is of yes, more more air time. Um, Some people better be in good shape, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, uh, But more bodies, right? So more, more showmanship, more, more introductions, more of that fanfare as they stagger the amount of people coming. 
the normal number that you look at is 30 at any given rumble. Not all of them have been. Uh, some have been less. Uh, the, the greatest was more. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things that some stats that you'll see will be a little off depending upon what you include and what you don't include. And then just, it's kind of like any other sport, you know, you start looking at, uh, the old NFL stats before the NFL was, you know, it was the American league and the, uh, uh, the national, uh, then the, you know, the two together and season length change, number of games played change, and then it just messes with all the stats, right? Um, yeah, so now they do interleague play for baseball. So yeah. it used to just be National League only against National League, American League only against American League. And now there's a lot of interleague play, and that changes the stat lines. And now the... Um, Everything's so offensively forward in the game, and they're trying to change how pitching works. So, it it's a baseball's a you know hundred and what thirty year old, forty year old sport, and it's just evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved. And if you're to keep up with your audience, uh, like wrestling needs to keep up, if it's going to draw more crowds, retain the people that it's got, you got to change with the times. Right. So, I mean, a lot of the stats that they tend to talk about is how many rumbles have you been in? How many people have you eliminated? How how much time have you lasted in the ring? Uh, you know, depending upon your placement of entry, you know, did you, you know, win? You know, there's there's always that sort of thing. Now, again, scripted, <laughs> so they, they know what's going to happen generally. Uh, there's there's There are things that can adjust that, whether it be... Uh, genuine mistakes that are made on the fly or a lot of times you know it's uh, depending upon what year you're talking about there's a certain amount of latitude that you have to give the people in the ring I mean they have to be able to adjust to certain things and and uh, let them adjust so they they know who's going to win they they know certain sets of spots but a lot of times that you got to let the wrestlers be you know their own people and do what they're going to do so Royal Rumble 2024. Uh, before we go any further, obviously, spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Uh, from our listeners, I have a funny feeling this isn't really going to be an issue. In fact, I have a funny feeling that the vast majority of you have already tuned out <laughs> since we've gotten to this particular topic. Uh, but, you know, I think it's really interesting the, the, the effort that these people put into put into what they do. I mean, it, it is a lot like watching a television show or a movie. They're trying to tell a story and they're putting a lot of physical effort into it and they put their bodies on the line for this stuff. Well, the, the easy thing to say is we've seen people transition from uh, wrestling to, quote, mainstream production, whether that's mainly movies, uh, you know, other things in terms of TV. We've even seen people go into UFC. So it's if you are good, if you are good enough at your craft, a good enough athlete, a good enough um, present, good at presentation, good enough actor, actress, you can you can make your way beyond this. This can be uh, a good stepping stone to quote fame and a good stepping stone to other things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. The um, the interesting thing 
it's always it's always fun to see how they they stage the matches and what order they're going to put them in. Kind of sees where they put their emphasis, where they think the important stuff really is, or or sometimes it's just a matter of flow. Because you know, on your standard card, you got you know the last couple of matches; those are the big ones, and everything else builds to that thing, right? Well, it's kind of hard to do that when you got two <laughs> hour-long matches <laughs> that are going to be part of the the whole ordeal. So this year they began the uh, the match instead of with you know like a warm up match they began with the women's rumble. Hot out of the oven, just right, go right into it, straight into it. So a lot of times you know part of the fun of this is wondering who's going to be in there, kind of wondering what spots are going to happen because they do this thing where they they divide the brand, which is both genius and stupid at the exact same time where they just kind of put some of the wrestlers on raw and some of them are on SmackDown, some of them are on NXT and you know, all this other stuff. And so, you know, you might not get to see certain people face each other very often. And this is an instance where, you know, former tag teams will reunite or people that have uh, heat from the past will run into each other again, or people that you haven't seen in a long time uh, will come back. Um, so that's kind of how this particular, um, this particular one started off. You start with Natalia, who's been doing this for a long time. She was, um, if you're not familiar with Natalia, it's Natalia Neidhart. Uh, this is like a part of wrestling aristocracy. She's, uh, Jim Neidhart's daughter, Jim Neidhart being, uh, half of the Hart Foundation back in the day. I mean, just, you know. Uh, talking about Bret Hart and and that that whole thing, and she is extremely talented, um, and she's been doing this a long time. Um, and they started her out with Naomi, so that's the two they put in the ring. Now Naomi has been gone for a while, <laughs> so uh, uh, if memory serves, she was um, recovering from an injury uh, and just 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 been gone. <laughs> So, um, welcome back. Yeah. And it's always interesting when that happens, you kind of wonder how much, what they call ring rust they're going to have. Um, but there's more to it when you're watching a women's, uh, bout. And what I mean by that is the, um, the, the squared circle, as they call it, is designed for men. The ropes are tall. So most of the women are just dwarfed by these ropes. And a lot of the things that look normal or that look cool when the guys do it look so bad when the women try and replicate the same thing. It's just they're they're not the right proportions to do it. So you're saying there's not a lot of, you know, six, four, 300-pound women out there slinging bodies around? Well, we'll get to Nia Jax here in a minute. Um, but... Yeah, no. Most of them are going to be significantly shorter. And when they whip against the ropes, you know, when a dude does it, it's supposed to kind of be right basically around the shoulder. So it looks like they're slingshotting off of the ropes. But for the women, it's mostly at the top of their head. So it just looks so weird when they try and do it from the second rope or, or whatever they try and do it. Now, some major advancements have happened over the last 10 years. I mean, the women's division was originally just kind of 
arm candy or just to be looked at way back in the day, you'd, you'd occasionally get a couple of gems, but most of them didn't know how to work. We're never shown how to work. Not really. Uh, never expected to. They just wanted to need to be looking good. But now we've got people that really, really care about this and that have been given the training and are better. And that's what I went into this with the mindset of and was still kind of disappointed. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was sloppy. It was really sloppy, especially so, to start. A question for you. If you're talking about the amount of uh, people who are going to be doing the Royal Rumbles, and they've been on for a long time, how long have they been doing the Women's Royal Rumble, and what's the usual quantity of the lineup for the Women's Royal Rumble? Well, the quantity is going to be the same because the, the whole idea is almost contingent um, upon the, the number of people. So 30 people is still standard. Uh, for um, for what they do. But the first Royal Rumble for the women's only was back in 2018. Um, so it's not been it's not been real long. Um, so uh, we've been going for what? It's 2024. So this is the seventh, if you count the greatest, because the greatest had a women's also. So there's there's still working out the the kinks. There's some some polish to be made. I don't really think that's what it is. I think it's, or at least not in the match, but the 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 skill level is not at the same thing. It's kind of like, you know that that old debate. You know, it's like, are you going to watch an NBA basketball game or are you going to watch a WNBA basketball game? And there are certain reasons to watch both. But just generally speaking, just the, the physical stature of the people that are involved often makes the NBA a more exciting thing to watch just because that's what it is. It's kind of similar with wrestling to a certain extent because, you know, you get the, the, the bigger guys that can just pull off the feats of strength and some of the other things that you can't always see. Now, that's, that's only part of it. Uh, the other part, again, is like I said, they just didn't, they didn't have the same focus. I mean, that was that was a big issue with it. If you give the right people the right training, they will shine through. You look back, Joni Lauer, uh, China. Uh, you look back uh, with Trish Stratus. You look back with uh, uh, Lita. There, there are all sorts of women going going way back. I mean, that's just some of the more recent examples. There's some going back to the 50s that really were skilled, but they were often just in the minority. So it was just, it wasn't something that a lot of time was dedicated to, which considering this was an offshoot of, uh, of uh, a circus concept in the first place, just wrestling as, as a concept was an offshoot from, from uh, carnival side, sideshow attraction status. It, it kind of makes sense. You want to see the, the giant guy that's, you know, eight feet tall, you know, just, you know, chop the tree down, that sort of thing. Now, there are, like Naomi, back when she was wrestling regularly, she's very athletic. She's got a great look. She can do a lot of really interesting moves. Um, and when she hits them, they look great. But that's kind of what I was talking about with this match. She, she had some rest. She had some very clear rest. And I don't know if it was all her. It could have been Natalia partially, too, because it's, it's, you got to work with the other person. So it's a, very much a, a team effort to make things look good. 
Um, but I was less than impressed. But there were more. Yeah, no. Uh, so I think of the people that you were, if you really want to watch this and you want to keep an eye on the ones that I think that really did well, uh, Asuka, for one, uh, whose real name is Kanako Urai. Um, she's always good. Great look. She knows what she's doing. She is insane. I'm telling you, insane. Look at her overseas stuff. She she did some stuff that if you if you're not careful and you're not used to it, you watch it. Some it's probably going to turn your stomach. It's she is not afraid of getting rough uh, in a match. But beyond that, she's got a great move set. She pulls things off. She's always on point. She makes the other person look good. She always looks really good. Uh, she came in at um, number seven, got eliminated after about 13 minutes, uh, sixth one to be eliminated. So, yeah, take a look at that person. Uh, Katana Chance was, um, you know, just fun. Uh, it, it just, uh, I'm just going to put that in. Just fun, blurb, nothing to, nothing to really look at. But uh, I, I think she's got some uh, a huge upside. Um, Caden Carter. Uh, Caden Carter came in at 13, got eliminated uh, in eighth place. Has has one of the better looks that I've seen. Nicely muscled. I mean, looks like she could actually beat the ever-loving snot out of people. I mean, you just look at her and you, you that's, that's the impression that you can get. But also looks good at the same time has speed, has that flexibility, that aerial side of things. She looks she's gonna be awesome. She's kind of uh she's kind of newer. She was trained by the Dudley boys. I don't know if you remember who they are. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Get the tables you know uh <laughs> hmm. uh but uh yeah um I I see I see some big things in store for her. Uh Nia Jax, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Nia Jax is um, six feet tall and 272 pounds. Um, she's one of the bigger entrants. She's one of the few women that has actually been the men's Royal Rumble. Now, I listed her here because a lot of times she's really solid. She looks just mean and she just looked tired. In this one, I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it came across all that great for her on this one. Um, you know, because she's got to be that thing that everybody is scared of, and she's truthfully, I've never liked her move set all that much. It's just she. She wasn't. She, I wasn't getting that vibe out of that. Um, uh, Shotzi didn't do great, <laughs> but came mm. to the came to the ring in a tank, which I just love that bit. Um, uh, Shayna Baszler is supposed to look really awesome. She looked okay. Um, I like Liv Morgan having her come in at number 30 was really nice. She's got a great look, always has her, her work rate for me has always been kind of hit or miss. Sometimes she's good. Sometimes she's not. Um, but, uh, yeah, the big thing about this is they had Bailey who came in at number three, win the whole thing. She lasted an hour and three minutes, um, which is always cool to have somebody kind of go bell to bell. It's a fun story to tell. 
Uh, but just the big thing about that is she's been doing this for a while and getting a win in this big of a match and then being kind of guaranteed a, a, a top-tier billing at WrestleMania. That's a big thing for this, and I think that she deserves it. She's generally really, really solid, and the fans just absolutely love her. Well, do you think that they they have that well, they pay tribute, if you will, to some of these stars. I mean, someone's got to get the victory. Why not give it to the one who's the fan favorite? Is that kind of the play-in, or is that uh, uh, like let's go the opposite route and never give it to them? Well, it all depends. the 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 biggest commonality that you'll often see, uh, they will do one of a couple of different things with the rumble, at least in the men's. I'm going to go with the men's because the women's still too new to really say this about there's not been enough of them but about one one in four times they'll give it to the the bad guy that wins underhanded and it's just but it's usually somebody that they're about to turn face they're, they're not going to stay a bad guy for long they they don't often want the heel to win the rumble um because it doesn't you're supposed to admire the person that's kind of come out on the top of everything and you know they're uh, so you have to do something really underhanded to win uh, or just already have such monumental heat that a win isn't going to take it away from you in, in the process of doing the rumble. They don't want, they don't want heels to win. Um, so what they will usually do is they'll let the face that's got the momentum that they're trying to move up the card or give another shot at the, at the big, payday they'll have them be the winner of that particular uh, event and then it really doesn't matter what happens because you still got months until wrestlemania and they can play with the storyline and do whatever they want between now and then so you get that moment that shining moment and then that's it <laughs> it's just about the story but it does give them i i wonder how the behind the scenes works because Obviously, doing an event like this, everybody gets their slice of the pie, but the people who will come out successful get a uh, bigger slice of that pie. So I wonder how the negotiations work out in, in you know, I'm saying like in the, the behind the scenes setup. I'm not really certain that's that, that that's the way it works with the Rumble. I think it's more an equitable payout, and then there's probably some... Um, um, status you know you've been with the company you're already up on the card on a certain thing so you're gonna get paid a little bit more for being in it or we need to bring in a big name to make you know the, the fans really recognize so that person might get a little bit more but usually you don't really get into the the bigger payouts except in the the, the other styles of matches to my understanding uh, so you got a contract and the contract is the contract pretty much for this for this match specifically and they they're very protective of people in this match. They don't want they don't want people running out of gas. They don't want people getting hurt because you know there's a lot of people in the ring at the same time, and that's kind of what what the issue I think is with the women's rumble at this point. They haven't. Not only are they less accustomed to being taken seriously as you know uh, as a wrestling branch. But they've had less instances to really plan and do. And even if you've got people behind the the scenes that are running this, that have done it a million times, they know how a rumble runs, 
it's not going to run the same for endurance and the the way that the match fills out and looks and there's a lot there's a lot of different facets to the women's rumble than the men's that I still don't think that they know how to really plan for. And so you you saw like in the in the women's rumble this year there were just missed spot after missed spot after just just you know it's it's, it's theater the show has to go on so if you were supposed to get hit with a closed line and the person fell down before you got to them with the closed line or something like that you just got to got to kind of go with it and stuff like that happened at least 20 to 30 times in that match it was it was ugly Hitting that treadmill takes endurance if you're going to be in the ring for an hour. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was just just uh, that sort of uh, endurance factor, or uh, they. I'm wondering if it was a sound issue, because you got to communicate with the people in the ring. You're planning your spots. You know, some of them are already pre-planned, but some of them are not, and you're calling the spot on the fly in a ring that's got ten other people in it with a crowd and everything else going on, I just have to wonder if maybe some of it was just they couldn't couldn't hear, couldn't communicate. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly familiar with the trop, as it's been called in the past. Uh, I do know that the attendance for the Tampa Bay uh, Rays is awful. And mm-hmm. They're traditionally a really good baseball team. Uh, and I know that that, that area does have a dome on it so there could be some weird acoustics going on if there's because there's trust me there's rarely forty five thousand people in that place yelling and screaming and having a good time right so who knows what it really sounded like down ring level when things were really going i'm going to wager that that was that was part of the issue um and then a lot of it, again, is just people not familiar with each other and nerves, and it's a big thing, and it just it happens. So you know what? This is not, I want to reiterate, this is not a criticism of anybody that was participating because what they're doing is hard. It is really hard. It's harder than a lot of other things that we talk about all the time because you've got one chance, and you either get it or you don't, and you just got to live with it, and that's... That's frightening. <laughs> um, so do you do you think that uh, when they they you know if you if you play football, you go back and you watch the tape, mm-hmm. and your coaches uh, critique you on what you could have done better, and I'm sure they have something like this. They 100 percent do. But but this is a this is a business. So well, football's a business too. But I'm wondering if they have those conversations like, well, you know, uh, it's performance review. Uh, well, you know, the last match, uh, there were two distinct spots that uh, you missed your cues. And I'm watching this tape here and you've missed cue number three and four here. Um You're going to get a you're going to get a write up for this. You know, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm being stupid, but like. I wonder how they get coached, but how they get coached and if it's someone who's constantly off on that 
that could mean someone else can get hurt. Right. So they're not going to be around for very long. So yeah. So that that they 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 give them usually a benefit of the doubt to a certain extent because it's a constant learning experience, and that's what NXT is for. That's kind of their when you're not quite ready for the the high bar, the raw and the SmackDown, you're on next developing your skills, developing your mic skills, you know, working on those things. And then there are farm teams below that, that you will never see. You know, if you're familiar with, you know, Ohio Valley, uh, I can't talk today, Ohio Valley wrestling, things like that, you know, where you're, where you're working on all that stuff. So sometimes it's that sometimes it's exhaustion. Because uh, you don't get a break. You're working most of the year, every day of the year. You're traveling, working, traveling, working, and it can take a toll on you. So even if you're good, you might start making mistakes. You don't look as good. You don't feel as good. You might uh, start to imbibe a little more than you probably should to, to kind of cope sometimes or do whatever. Um, so, I mean, there's all sorts, all sorts of stuff to fall prey to uh, in this, and it's rough. But I'm hoping they do something good with Bailey because, like I said, the fans love her as a babyface. Fans kind of love her as a heel. Uh, <laughs> no matter what they do with her, they just love her. And I, I, I do too. It's, it's impossible. She's got kind of an infectious enthusiasm that she's able to conjure on the damn spot. Don't know how she does it. But uh, hopefully they'll, they'll do something really cool with that. Um so then they proceeded from that to the undisputed WWE Universal Championship Fatal Four Way Match. So it's uh, a lot of words. There's a lot of words. It's got four people, so it has to have a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> which is a small match, four people instead of thirty, but they're all in at the same time, and it features three people I really really like and one person I could care less about. <laughs> And when I say this, I'm not talking about them as a person. I'm just talking about their gimmick and moveset and stuff just never clicked with me. Um, their look was fine, but just nothing else. <laughs> it worked for me. Uh, so you've got Randy Orton, who has been doing this for forever and a day. Um, son of Cowboy Bob Orton, for those that are not familiar. Uh, you know, Again, kind of uh, wrestling wrestling royalty as it is. Um, he was in this match, came back. He's been gone for a while. You got L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight has just a fantastic look. His moveset is great. Uh, excellent mic skills. I mean, just this guy, he's been doing it for a little while uh, and is extremely good. I mean, he started around 03, and, uh, you know, he's really, really um, – doing quite nicely at this point. Uh, you got him. You got AJ Styles, who was a really big pickup for the WWE. He was uh, down AEW side, I believe, TNA. I always forget which, which he was with before he came over to uh, – uh, before he came over to WWE. But he's he's been doing this quite a while and has a very polished persona and way he brings everything. He's a great showman. Um, and has been uh, doing this since, you know, the late 90s. Uh, so, yeah, so put all of those people in the same ring with uh, Roman Reigns, who's been champion for almost three years now. 
um, one of the longest reigning champions. Yeah, they haven't done this in a long, long time. They usually move the title around a little bit more often. And there's nothing wrong with keeping the title on the same person. That can draw some substantial heat because you want to see somebody else win. So you're really rooting against that person, whether they're <laughs> a heel or a face, often. Um, and I'm definitely rooting against it because Roman Reigns, like I said, he's got a great look. I have not seen a single one of his uh, times on the mic where I've really cared what he had to say. Um, the storyline seemed kind of lame. His moveset is just mid, mid-tier. mid Let's call it mid-tier. His, his base moveset's not bad, and he doesn't perform his moves bad, but they're just not hyper original in any way, and he doesn't really have anything that makes me go, wow, that's an amazing move that he's going to hit. Like Randy Orton does a DDT to the guy off the second rope as part of his regular moves. That just looks nasty, and it's original, and it's cool. What does uh, Roman Reigns do? Well, uh, he does a spear like 20 other guys do. Uh, oh, but he does also have the Superman punch, which is the lamest-looking move I have ever seen. Just stupid. But he is the champion. But he is the champion. And he's got Paul Heyman with him, who is just a, a gem when it comes to getting people to just hate somebody. <laughs> Heyman knows how to do it. He's done it for decades now. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, so, eh, the match was okay. It was, there were some really neat spots, um, some very well coordinated bits. But the ending was a little anticlimactic, and Reigns retained. And we all knew he was going to retain. There was no way he was not going to retain. In this particular position, with everything that was going on, there was a 0% chance he was going to lose. So if you've been around the industry for any given amount of time, you, you already knew what the outcome was going to be, so why have the match? There's just not much of a reason to watch it unless you do something else neat with it, and they didn't. So, meh. Yeah, the uh, I guess the excitement didn't come till later. Not even in this match. No, not even this match. Yeah. Um, speaking of later and a different match, we had Logan Paul against Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. And... We've talked a little bit about this outside of uh, outside of the podcast. Um, there are a lot of people that are not a big fan of Logan Paul. I don't know. Maybe it's the attitude. Maybe it's the murder. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, maybe it's the prime. Uh, I don't know. But. Uh, <laughs> Somebody, I love, I love it. Somebody calling the face of douchebag entitlement. <laughs> Sounds about right. Such a fantastic tag for that. Um, yeah, but if you're kind of curious what what I was kind of alluding to, which what who who doesn't know at this point, but just look up uh, suicide forest controversy, and that will give you an idea of why a lot of people. Uh, really, really don't like this guy. 
So, of course, uh, the WWE <laughs> gives him a contract. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Um, and not the only reason, but the kind of the reason that got him into some type of popularity. Like the streaming culture um, wasn't quite in full effect at the time, but it was on its way up. And right. that's how he got his face kind of to the masses, whether that was intentional or, or not. But um, now he's a little bit of everywhere. Right. And, and, and side note on this, there is a great 45-minute uh, South Park special. Um, it's called Cred. And it's it's very funny. Uh, don't watch it with young kids, uh, but it it it's got a a bit and and piece around Logan Paul in it too because of his rhyme yeah. energy drink. But um, he, as much as you don't like him as a person, and as much as you don't like him and don't want to like him, the one thing that he does bring is an age group yes and an audience it brings eyeballs which is what they want yep and uh you know fortunately he does have a good look he does have he, he, a decent physique he actually and i freaking hate saying this but he performs well yep so it it appears as though he's actually putting effort into this as a uh, part of his career where right. he does training, he does um, training for the ring, he does physical fitness training, he does he, he's already got the, the mic skills, so it's he's he's taken the part and he's embraced it and I'm sure he's gotten a nice reward monetarily, contract wise, yeah, because he's succeeded so far yep so, so there's that. Um, he retained his title via DQ because of a standard shtick that they use in wrestling where he brings in a weapon, gets it snuck to him. Good guy stops him from using the weapon and uses the weapon on him instead, and then the refs see it. No, you're disqualified. I actually can't be mad at that ending because it's a classic. I There's certain things that you just sometimes love to see. It's like that diving catch in the end zone if you're – watching football you've seen it a hundred times and slightly different variations but it's always kind of cool to see it as they stretch out and get the fingertips on the ball same kind of thing with wrestling yep he uh stretched out got his knuckles in the old brass and... <laughs> <laughs> oh i always just love uh, eddie guerrero had some bits where he would take that trope and invert it and twist it a little bit and just play with it and have so much fun. Uh, you know, have the, the ref be knocked down or whatever. And then he'd bring in a chair and the other guy would get up and uh, he'd take the chair and he'd look like he's going to go hit the other guy. And then he just slams the mat with it and throws the chair to the other guy and falls. And as the ref gets up, he sees the other guy with the chair and, and he's rolling around on the floor like he's been hit, and he heard it. It's like, oh, you're disqualified. One of my favorite bits of all time. It's just funny to see every single time. Um, and no instant replay for no. the refs. 
<laughs> no. the officials in this world. Uh, you have to more than suspend your disbelief sometimes watching this stuff. Um, all right. So then you got the men's Royal Rumble. Um, again, 30 entrants. Starts with uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso at number one and number two. They formed uh, – uh, uh, tag team that was very popular for a very long time, but they got split between the brands. And, you know, so they get to face off against each other. It's the same thing they've done before. It, it was okay uh, <laughs> to start the match. Um, obviously, they started adding people, and I wasn't particularly impressed with um, with some of them. I'm not as familiar with a lot of these names. I don't watch this as much as I used to, but there's a handful of full of people. I was waiting for that person. They were to sneak in that we haven't seen forever. And that was going to be my big pop, that big surprise. They really have any of those. Um, what they did have is they had, uh, a lot of talent. So where I talked about, there were a lot of missed spots in the first one. There were not a lot of missed spots in the second one. They were they were kind of on point. Now, that's not to say that there weren't some lulls and some pretty obvious uh, instances where this person needs to rest for a minute, so let's put them in the corner kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, all in all, they're, it was a really, it was a really solid, uh, really solid outing. Outing? Outing. Really solid. Outing. Outing. Uh, well, you know what hap What was happening here is my tongue is preparing for the fact that I'm going to bring up a name that it took me a while to really pronounce correctly. <laughs> and it's like you're going to make me say this. It's like yes, because he's awesome. Uh, one of the one of the bright spots was in at number six was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, dude is awesome. He is always just so good. He's got a great look, and his moveset's solid, and he makes other people look good. Just so good. Now, you had mentioned someone uh, in the women's Royal Rumble uh, who was very awesome, technically great, crazy. Mm -hmm. What was that person? Asuka. Okay. Um, tell me about the international wrestling scene. Are these... Are these names whether they're from asia whether they're from you know latin america whether they're from europe is it is that what it is it's just names but these are just straight yes. up americans or are they no. actually imports from other continents they are 100 percent from overseas for the most part um you can kind of you can kind of know where the good stuff is if you just look at japan japan has a thriving wrestling um, business, a lot of smaller leagues, uh, a handful of larger ones. But um, the big thing um, for her, if you were going to look about, um, trying to think of where I would say, probably Pro Japan or JWP um would be where you would want to look at if you're going to find some really good overseas. And she was JWP. Um, and she just, like I said, she was um, she was just a, a monster. Uh, she was also a big part of a, a, a promotion called Smash. Um, it, I'm not going to get into the specifics of that just because I'm not going to do it justice. But 
if you can take a look at some of the some of the Japanese um, promotions, some of the Mexican promotions, um, that's where a lot of the great talent is coming from right now. Um, because first of all, they've got history. I mean, yeah, we've got history here, but it's not the same thing. It's not as respected as it is in other countries. Um, so, I mean, you can, you can actually, if you say that you're a professional wrestler here, you might get some people laugh a little bit, but if you say that in, in Japan or in Mexico, you, you got instant respect, which is, which is kind of a, kind of a fun thing. Um, and Shinsuke specifically, um, he's just got. He's just got he's got so much props for for what he's done. I mean, he was the IWGP uh, champion for four years, uh, if if memory serves. Um, and it's just he's just always been great. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know any other way to put it. He's got he's got the ability to make things look like they're he sells it. That's what they call it. They call it selling it, and you get invested. When you see him perform, it's like a good actor is, is the actor that you're watching in the movie using, uh, uh, eye drops to do their crying scene, or are they actually bringing up the tears from some real place? A lot of times you can feel it as somebody that's watching that. And it's the same kind of thing when you're watching wrestling, these guys are able to pull something and, and just get you to buy in. And uh, I'm guessing, so you, you see this, we, we've talked about baseball a little bit. Uh, some of the Japanese players, because that's got a rich tradition, very strong leagues in Japan. You know, when those when those players that are good, like when they're good and they come to America, uh, they make a lot of money. So yeah. I'm, I've got to wonder if, you know, some of these, these people that were in it in, in this Royal Rumble... They'd mastered, not mastered their skill, but maybe mastered their their country that they were in, right? They they were already at the top, so like now it's our turn to go see if we can, you know, match that energy elsewhere. And you know, why not make a little bit more money when doing it? Well, it happens all the time. And the other nice thing about it is there's kind of this reciprocal aspect to it too, because you'll get wrestlers that have a certain gimmick. And for whatever reason, that gimmick fails or that person doesn't do well or something happens, they get fired. They get a chance to go overseas and reinvent themselves, come up with a whole new idea, be taken seriously in an area where they wouldn't be taken seriously if they were still here. And once they put the edge on that and are successful, a lot of times they come back and it's like, oh, yeah, he is good. I don't know why we put him in clown makeup when he was here originally or whatever. You know, it's just kind of uh, that sort of a thing. Um, one kind of uh, up-and-comer that's really nice, uh, Austin Theory was in the match. He he was great, looked great the whole time. Uh, he came in towards the middle of the whole thing. Kofi Kingston made an appearance. Uh, pretty impressive. Kofi Kingston, uh, it was his um, brain is – not wanting to cooperate. It was his um, 16th Royal Rumble. Only one other individual has been in more Rumbles than him, which is, like I said, very impressive. And that's Kane, 
Kane was in 20. That's uh, longevity, and um, it's your body holding up. Yep. So then just staying relevant on top of it. I mean, not many people hit double digits. Just looking at my notes here, I've got, you know, Big Show was in 12 of them. Chris Jericho was in 11. Dolph Ziggler was in 15. Um, Rikishi, who was also the Sultan and was also Fatu, <laughs> between those three gimmicks, was in 10. Um, Gold Dust was in 13. Um, you got uh, Mark Henry was in 10 of them. The Miz, this was his 14th or 15th. So he's like right behind him uh, in the number. Randy Orton had 14. Rey Mysterio had 13 or 14. I mean, it's just, just tons. Seeing these names last over and over again. Uh, just think, when we were, you know, young well, younger, older, young pups. Um, the Miz was on MTV, you know, doing uh, his. Um, which house was he in? I don't remember. What, oh, he was in the was. first season, wasn't he? Was it was the first one? I thought he was in the first season. It's when you said he's been in however many, like 14, 16, and he's been on, like, well, wait a second. Like, oh my gosh, it is 2024. So he's been. He's been doing that for he's been doing uh, wrestling for quite some time then. Yeah, yeah. He uh let's see here. Which real world was he in? He was tenth season. No, so I wasn't even close. <laughs> uh but still considering there were about five hundred seasons of that show. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh so yeah, so one other name to look for, uh Finn Balor. Also, just dude is insanely talented. Looked great through the whole freaking thing. Uh, they really want you to buy into this Gunther guy. Um, he's been pushed hard, both this Rumble and the previous Rumble. I don't get it. I don't like his look. Uh, very. I mean, he's not ugly. He's just kind of bland. He is German. That is his whole thing. I am German, and I have a cadre of other German people with me. <laughs> It's like, uh, okay, sure, whatever. Um, it's just kind of, he's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, Braun Breaker, oh, he looked great. Dude looked just just strong. Um, R-Truth, funny as always. He tried to get into the women's rumble. Uh, uh, it was, he didn't realize he's in the wrong rumble. And then he uh, went into the men's rumble and thought he was part of a stable that he was not part of. Just <laughs> the whole shtick was so good. It, it's bits like that just just makes it so much fun to watch. Um, Pat McAfee, who was one of the uh, broadcasters, you know, calling the match, got to be in the match for uh, looks like thirty eight seconds. Uh, <laughs> eliminated himself. Um, yeah, I I. Uh... I enjoy Pat McAfee. Uh, now, a lot of people, now that he is on ESPN doing college game day and has his show now being broadcast on ESPN, he kind of gets on people's nerves. But I think the thing about it is that he's got a lot of genuine energy. Yes, he does. And he's he's got like the the dude bro vibes, I think, without doing yeah. oh, like too much dude bro vibes so it kind of fits the market I, I feel like yeah um he's got the 
he now he was a if you don't know who Pat McAfee was, he was a punter for the Colts for quite some time. Uh, but he's got he's got a body that is not like your what you would envision uh, your typical punter to be like. No, so, he's actually pretty pretty well put together. Yep, and I think he's got a good personality when he talks and interacts with people. It's just that you you know the oh I I don't know what to say the the casual or like the forty fifty year old football viewer and college football viewer who's used to certain types of people doing their thing aren't used to the the dude bro vibe that he he brings and like i said i just feel like he gets under people's nerves uh not not me i enjoy him but uh, I, i think he did all right he he worked for me michael cole was all happy because he he says like oh i'm still the commentary with the longest amount of time in the royal rumble and i will tell you this right now no you're not it is very clearly not true. I know this uh, that wrestling is one of those things where you get to kind of reinvent <laughs> what happened, reinterpret it as many times as you want. But uh, if you will remember, Jerry the King Lawler was a commentator. And Jerry the King Lawler in the uh, 7th Royal Rumble lasted 36 minutes and 5 seconds. So, no, you don't have the longest time. <laughs> You're wrong. Unless you're taking it's like, well, he was an active wrestler at that point. I still didn't count. <laughs> uh, that being said, the following year, he lasted seven seconds. <laughs> well, there you go. So, <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Uh, I love the I love the Royal Rumble. Um, the winner, that was a big thing. Uh, they uh, had uh, Cody Rhodes win back-to-back. First time in quite some time. Only a handful of People have won more than one, and only one person has done it back to back. Yeah, that was. It, it's been early two thousand since there was a back to back. Is that when it was? Something, something like that. I believe it was. Uh, was it Stone Cold? Stone Cold? Stone Cold? Um. But yeah, it's. Uh, trying to remember off the top of my. Uh, top of my so, head. And, and then we had mentioned before the the person who wins this gets their opportunity for a championship match later on at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. See, Hogan, and, Hogan did it in the third and fourth Rumble. Michaels did it in the eighth and ninth. Stone Cold did it in the tenth and the eleventh. Interesting. Yeah. Makes uh, sense that hulk would do it yeah he never liked losing to anybody but uh so they did this whole thing they built it up he's back-to-back winner it's going to be this big thing and and then what happened richard (laughs) well so uh, this this much i you know i i i saw a lot on the feed so the the feed that i got afterwards was you know the rock has made his face has made his appearance again. Um, and it has to do with Cody Rhodes had, I think the, the choice was to, to, to try and dethrone Roman Reigns. Right. right. And, and, and his three year run on the championship on the belt. So, uh, but then, you know, because money's cool and they need to breathe excitement into things. And as we mentioned, uh, 
free podcast where they're they're doing a big uh, build up because I don't know if people have heard wrestling is going to be on Netflix now. Um, so they need bodies, face, attention. So The Rock, who I'm pretty sure doesn't he have some type of uh, agreement? Like doesn't he he does movies for Netflix or, or is it a Ryan Reynolds thing? But I think it's Rock, right? Doesn't he have? I think you are correct. So it makes sense to have him kind of show up again and bring some attention back to wrestling for the next year so that you can build up your audience for the big, you know, transition to Netflix. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with this. They have the potential to do something particularly cool, or they also have the potential to just royally screw it up. So (laughs) we'll see what happens, but, uh, so, yeah, so, and and maybe it's just me, but the the Rock has done a lot of projects lately. But what what uh what projects have been the ones you're like, you know what that was dope or that one made a lot of money? Yeah, I can't think and of I, any off the top I, of my head. I can't really think of much of anything that he's done that's really been a strong success. And Black Adam. Uh, was it red, red notice, red? Um, right, right. One with the uh, gal and Ryan Reynolds on Netflix, and... which on paper should you know, just look like, oh, that's going to be awesome. And the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, not so much. And then he had you know all those other ones where like the skyscraper rampage and and San Andreas and all those right. things and just a bunch of ho hum action movies that just didn't quite pan out. So might be good for him to take a break from some of that stuff and get his face back into wrestling for a bit. Maybe, maybe. I, I love The Rock. I'll I'll follow him, and I always hope for the best. There are a handful of Rock films that I really do like. It's just the percentage of films that I think he's good in and films that he's just kind of present in is not not the percentage I would like it to be. Uh, yeah, if if he's if he's just a parody of a, of himself, then it just it's. It, it's too much. Like if he's just going to sit there and, um, you know, raise an eyebrow and look to the side the whole time and just like, yeah. nah, okay, cool. <laughs> it was amusing for a moment. But, yeah. uh, so, uh, dear listeners, if you have not seen it, uh, give it a try. I mean, this may not be the one that I would necessarily start with. If you get Peacock, you can watch any one of them that you want. They're all on Peacock. Um, it's kind of nice to be able to watch any wrestling thing for the most part that you want to watch. It goes back quite a long ways, but uh, if you're looking for the really early stuff, you're going to have a hard time finding things. But, you know, for this, this isn't that old. So Now, I, I feel like we talk a lot about Netflix and, and Max and a couple other things, but we don't talk about Paramount even. We, we don't talk about Peacock uh, very much at all. It's because they're one-trick ponies. Yeah, there, there wasn't, but like you can do, you can do a monthly subscription, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you can probably do nowadays. A lot of them are doing an annual at a discount, just kind of get more subscribers. Um, and they have they have other good things on there. All the NBC content, of course, is on oh, there. Yeah. They've Oppenheimer's showing up on there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had the um, Twisted Metal TV series, or like you know, little series right, mini series right. that's on there so there's there's things that are showing up that are on there so 
if you have it or you're interested in it, that's the source for it. Yeah, uh, it's there's a lot of good stuff out there to watch. But uh, let us know what you think. Uh, as always, you can find us on any of the social media that we are normally associated with. And and like I said, give the if you've never watched wrestling before, give this a try. One of the Royal Rumbles is not a bad one to start with. It's kind of fun. Just remember, if you've never watched it before, this is essentially a combination of ballet, football, and impromptu theater all at the same time in front of you it's don't take it too seriously it's just kind of fun to see the spectacle and enjoy it i remember i spent a good chunk of this one explaining the whole concept to a couple of people that had never watched one before and it's like they're not even really hitting each other it's like well first of all they kind of are but this is intentional they're not really trying to hurt each other (laughs) they got to keep going theater <laughs> yeah if they're either punching each other in the face it's not going to be uh it's going to be over pretty quick yeah uh, if you want to see a, a, an instance where somebody really does get the crap knocked out of them in a royal rumble you can look back to some old things that jbl did to uh to the blue meanie back in the day but that's a conversation for a, a different day uh but until next time uh just keep uh, keep having fun. We'll we'll be back next week with some some new and original content. The things that you want the most. <laughs> <laughs>